0: My Get Up and Go on SAFM. Influential people doing well in their respective fields. 19 minutes before 5 o'clock. Let's welcome our guest this morning. His name is Bruno Simao and he joins us live. Good morning to you, Bruno.
1: Hi, Kanye, and good morning to all your listeners.
0: Bruno, we start off this feature by asking all our guests, what's your Get Up and Go, that morning routine that gets you up and going every day?
1: Uh, well, the morning routine, um, (laughs) I'm actually up at this time mostly every day. Um, I used to, I used to be quite a late, a late sleeper, work, work sometimes in the evenings, especially after starting my own business. But, um, yeah, my routine now at the moment, or the reason I get up, I might add, is, is the thrill behind the, the work that I do every day. Mm. So, I, it's it's just one of those things. I think when when you pick when you pick a profession, you pick something that you love doing. Um, ever since ever since I was a kid, I always had this passion of fixing things, and um, it, it is a thrill. So when when you get up and you know that you're going to go to work and you're going to be able to fix things, you're going to be able to put pieces of a puzzle together mm. and come up with solutions. And ultimately, that's, that's something that's sought after. That's something that you can help people with, um, and it is definitely the thrill behind actually being able to fix these things and coming up, always coming up with a solution that really drives me to get up in the morning and get going.
0: All right, Bruno the Fixer, that's what we should call you. Yeah. <laughs> Bruno, let's just take a few steps back for our listeners. Tell us more sure. about the early parts of your life. Where were you born and tell us more about your childhood.
1: Um, I was born in Pretoria, in Sunnyside in Pretoria. Um, I had a very good family life. So um, I had both my parents actually stayed with my grandmother as well. Um, Staying in Sunnyside, we weren't weren't particularly wealthy, but we were somewhere in the middle. Mm. And my... My parents did work very hard, so my dad wasn't around all that often. he He had a, a little business in the CBD and so he worked quite extreme hours, so from very early in the morning till very late in the evening. But I think what I appreciated the most was the fact that he was always there. He was always making a plan, providing, and I didn't look up to him as as, yeah, as a role model for that. Mm. Um, yeah, and yeah, so that's that's pretty much where I started with with my parents. They they taught me those values. They did equip me with everything that I needed, um, and yeah, I went to I was in primary school in Sunnyside. Eventually, I went to high school also in Pretoria, and yeah, straight off uh, after high school, I decided I wanted to study law. Um, I'd always been interested in fixing things, so it was either. IT or somewhere along those lines that, um, you know, we actually get to uh, to work with something and put things together. Mm. I thought law was actually ideal for me because of the social aspect. I started enjoying interacting and engaging with people, and I felt that, you know, more of a difference could be made with it. And, yes, went straight through to Unisa. I studied part-time while I worked. Um, yeah, and never looked back since. Now, growing
0: up in the CBD, being born in the CBD and being raised, there's a very unique experience as opposed to most of our, you know, people who go into the cities by via migration. You know, most people mm. come from rural areas or they come from townships or they come more from residential areas into the city. But you are literally a city slicker through and through. Um, did you ever miss, for instance, the the experience of growing up, you know, somewhat different because you were raised really with the powers of the city all around you all your life.
1: I, I was, and I don't, I don't really, um, I don't really miss anything else, I suppose, because I, I never really knew anything else. Yeah. Uh, also bearing in mind that Sunnyside is, is kind of a strange place, so it's somewhere in the middle. So it's right next to the CBD, and I used to be in the CBD with my parents consistently uh, when they were in, uh, like working, I used to sit with them at the business and keep them company and help them out and deliver um, like sandwiches during the day, run mm-hmm. up and down. Um, and when you do go back to Sunny Side, it 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 is a bit different. So it is still very city-like, but it's slightly quieter. So um you can take some solace and relax a little there. And then I had friends that stayed in some of the suburbs, so I did experience have different experiences throughout. Mm. But I can't say that I really missed anything because. You know, there was enough there. It was. Yeah. It was actually quite enjoyable.
0: I, I can imagine. I mean, I can imagine that your life was always full of adventure. I mean, you're right in the heart of it all. And how do you think that those early days of your life contributed to what you're doing now? You spoke about having the love of fixing things and having the love of working for people and with people as well.
1: No, absolutely. And I think something. I think something that contributed the most was especially especially working with my parents from a young age. Uh, you yeah, had to be quite proficient. You had to uh, be quite innovative in, in everything that you do. So um, the fact that I was behind the counter <laughs> and selling things to selling things to people, you know, manning the cash register, it, mm. did, it did teach you that work ethic. So at no stage was I really scared of putting in the work. I kind of just took it as a given. And then the interaction with people. Mm. Um, you, you tend to learn how people think, yeah. what, what people need, um, you know, which people to look out for Especially growing up in certain areas, you do have to be careful But I suppose a lot of the listeners would, would have this very same experience mm. But it is, it is an integral skill as opposed to being hidden and coming out into the world later and being very unsure You do pick up certain skills as you grow up um, what sort of characters are undesirable and you don't want to, um, you either want to stay away from them or you want to be able to manage properly and which characters you're able to trust and you're able to work with. Yes. But despite their appearance or despite how they sound, um, you know that you can actually trust them and that's, that's a good person that, and that can add value to your life and you can add value to theirs.
0: It sounds like you're saying you're street wise. And that's what happens. You become street smart. You know, you get to understand who's who, you know. Um unlike I think you and I have a, a completely, you know, different um, upbringing because mine was also the same in the sense that, you know, it was quite secured and it was quite, uh, you know, solid in its foundation. However, it was quite sheltered, I think, you know. And when one goes to university, then they encounter the big bad world. And, you know, and you're like, oh, my goodness, there is an entire world out there. You know, there's so much more than what I realized. And, and, and it, it really does, you know, throw you off in the beginning as you try to maneuver yourself through this world. And how then do you make it into the law fraternity? And, you know, you've, you've been in the industry for quite a long time. You've got your own practice. You know, you've worked for, um, you know, law, law firms before. You know, tell us about your journey into law.
1: All right, so so obviously, off the back of off the back of enjoying, you know, putting puzzles together and being able to 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 help people and and come up with solutions to problems, Um, when I actually started practicing, interestingly enough, that I I started in the litigation department. So, litigation mainly referring to a lot of court work. So that could be anything from drafting legal papers in the office to actually doing appearances in court. So, immediately, almost immediately, as I started studying through UNISA, I started, uh, article. So, I did both at the same time. Mm-hmm. And, I was very fortunate to work at a law firm, um, Burdenswath and Borto Attorneys. They, um, when you go in there, you get the experience that you need. So, they, they teach you a lot. And, you know, from that point on, you you get thrown in there and you have to do everything as as a lawyer would, and you have to learn very quickly and you have to think on your feet. And I, I found that I had a particular skill. I've got, and see, unfortunately, my one weakness is when when it comes to certain matters that require more speed. I tend to give still quite a bit of attention to detail and that's a character, that's a character trait and my practice now I actually need to work with people that have that kind of complement that character. So I give a lot of attention to detail. So eventually I started being given more, more complex matters because that's where the attention was and I spent quite a bit of time working on them and working them up and figuring them out. Mm. And yeah, before long I had a lot of the matters that I was running on a complex litigation basis, I was litigating all over the place. So, uh, you know, all over the country, nationally, in different courts. And yeah, I was still into the early years of my practice, but it's something that I enjoyed. And I think they saw that I did enjoy it. So I, I used to work under them, when these matters, and eventually I just started doing them on my own. And. Um, I suppose it goes again to to, to the fact that litigation is one of the fields of law that actually uh, manifests that, you know, fixing the problem as it arises. And it is a very important skill, especially for any aspiring legal practitioner, um, that you can't, that you shouldn't actually try and escape from. Because a lot Mm. of people get into practice, but they don't necessarily enjoy going to court, for example. And I mean, in fairness. The state of the court sometimes aren't great, and I do understand why people are a bit apprehensive to, to constantly have to go to court every day. But the experience of being able to deal with the papers, being able to deal with the people at the court, the clerks of the court, the appearances before the magistrate, it does instill that skill that you need. Um, to move on and practice in any other field. Mm. At least that should be the backbone of most legal practices because it does give you a basic underlying skill uh, that you can actually use throughout, uh, throughout your legal career.
0: Bruno, as we let you go, would you share a word of inspiration for somebody listening to you right now and you know, just still trying to figure out their life's journey and they're listening to you and they're very inspired by you, but you know, they're not even inspired to start this day?
1: All right. Um, well, uh, interesting enough, uh, is so recently, uh, so very often as I go through practice, I come across a lot of uh, different characters and different personalities that, that I aspire to and role models. And uh, the other day, somebody, I, I believe it was a friend of mine on Facebook. I don't remember exactly who it was. And I saw this quote, and I've been very interested in this group of quotes over the last couple of weeks. Um, it specifically reads, Today I'll do what others won't. So tomorrow I can do what others can't. Mm. And it, yeah, as soon as I read that quote, it actually, it, it related to me quite a bit in exactly the conversation that we had now. The fact of the matter is um, y- you need to put in that hard work. You need to put in that sacrifice. You need to really put in the hours if you do want to achieve something. But the beauty behind this quote is it doesn't speak about hard work or sacrifice, because in order to achieve that result, sometimes the drive is enough to keep you going and it doesn't always feel like a sacrifice. And I can honestly tell you, when our article was studied at the same time and that 30 hours keep, it didn't feel like a sacrifice because mm. I knew that what I was doing was what I wanted to do. So, you know, it was actually quite exciting that the relief and rest that you got when you were finished with it was enough to keep you going from, you know, day to day or from semester semester and yeah as long as people realize you know what you need to put in that hard work but look at the long-term goal where do you want to be what do you Mm. want to achieve
0: wonderful thank you so much for joining us Bruno Simao there our get up and go inspiring us. a legal eagle with a cause six minutes before five o'clock stay with us